Yes, it's that time again. Welcome to the Thought Thread Podcast. My name is Steve Carr. I am the host of the Thought Thread Podcast. What is the Thought Thread Podcast? Well, it is the in-depth description of my e-letter or the post I put on my website, the Thought Thread. You can access that at houseofcar.com slash thread. That's houseofcar, C-A-R-R dot com slash thread. There you can subscribe to get the thread in your inbox twice a month. What I do is I take all the things I've read on the internets, I compile them under a theme that's usually based upon a spiritual concept, an idea. I send them to you to help challenge your thinking. So if that interests you, you're probably listening to it because perhaps you're wondering why I chose all of the content for this week, and this is what I do, is I break this down to give you the behind-the-scenes look, just a little addendum to what I send out. So if you're listening to it, thanks. I hope it's helpful. Um, drop me an email or a line to let you know. Really, I think I'm just putting this stuff out here just for my own benefit. Hey, I'm enjoying it, so that's all that matters. So let me tell you the spiritual theme behind this week's thought thread, and it comes from Psalm 136. Uh, when I was preaching regularly, I did an entire year series on the Psalms and structured that around uh, God's creativity and our creativity. So while preaching through Psalm, the book of Psalms, I got to Psalm 136, which is a psalm that is all about love. There's a refrain that is repeated throughout Psalm 136 that says, His love endures forever. And the Jews know Psalm 136 as the great Hallel, and Hallel, the word uh, for, for uh, praise, um, maybe we know it better from the word Hallelujah, Hallelujah, that's to Yahweh, praise to God. But this was a psalm that, um, that speaks of God's providence and love throughout the history of God's people. So I think that's an important lesson for us to realize in pandemic anyways, is that in the midst of our highs and lows, even when things seem chaotic, there is a God who loves us. And even when we don't see his working, it does not mean he has ceased to do so. So the theme for this week's thread is love. And when I considered all of the songs that I could include to do with love, I thought about, um, you know, in the end by the Beatles that talk about love. Man, I had a, quite a few options. I mean, so many love songs written there. But for some reason, I nestled in on Freddie and the band Queen, who took great songs and made them greater when they pulled together their harmonies. And he's going to hit the high note. And I'm going to let that linger. And that's all you get. That's the end of the love. No, it's not. It's just the beginning of the love. So let me tell you about the links that I've included in this edition of the Thought Thread. The first one I offer to you is an article from Psychology Today entitled, What Lack of Affection Can Do to You. This is something I actually thought about moving into the pandemic. And uh, interesting, I found this article, but it dates back to 2013. But it's this idea that humans are creatures that actually crave contact and touch. And what has it been for so many of us that we have been in the last 14, 15 months without actually initiating that? This last week, I finally was in a large group of unmasked vaccinated people, 
and we resumed shaking hands. I really wondered if coming out of the pandemic, we would continue to shake hands, but apparently everybody, it's going to be a thing. And then you're just holding your hand to your side, thinking I'm going to Perel it as soon as I possibly can afterwards, which is interesting because we know that's not how the virus actually spreads, but you know, now we're creatures of habit, right? But it's this idea that we as humans crave human interaction, human touch. Three out of every four adults agree with the statement, America suffer from skin hunger. That's the, the term that they use in the article, skin hunger. Short article, interesting to think of how we will approach this post-pandemic life and our need to have physical contact with other human beings. Second article I wrote is uh, back from, I think it's late 2019, but I was looking for, uh, I, I started down a rabbit hole when I started reading about the topic of the passion economy and realized that the person who really nailed down this terminology did so in an article of 2019, Legion, and I included this article from um, a consultant blog. But I think it's very interesting because it talks about the passion economy and the future of work. And this is something I think that we saw amplified. So if you remember coming into the pandemic, all the conversation was about the gig economy, right? How we are going to string together multiple side hustles that are based upon digital platforms to be able to make things. And I know quite a few people who have spent time uh, Uber and lifting, even if they had Really good jobs just as an opportunity to have an easy-to-access side hustle. This person postulates that we're actually going from the gig economy to the passion economy. And this is something I think we saw in the middle of the pandemic is different platforms are now creating the opportunity for people to have their complete jobs as self-employed but based upon platforms. So whether you're a, whether you're a personal coach, if you're a, a teacher or tutor, if you're going to create a MOOCs, which are massive online courses or other types of educational courses, if you're a writer, if you're a podcaster, there are all these monetization platforms now that will help you do that. And that is what this author says is the beginning of the passion economy, that we're actually at the point where you can do what you love and make money off of this. I include this just for your exposure to this as an idea because it's going to impact the economy, I believe, in the next years to come, right? We saw how there's a big shift, especially as people are, and I didn't include an article about this, but there's a lot of articles right now about people saying, okay, we're going to go back into the workplace, and so many people have become accustomed to living and working at home that they are rejecting that and quitting their jobs, saying, I'm going to find me a gig that allows me to stay remote. This is a trend. It's going to be interesting to see what this does to the future of work, to our economy, and to the way that we speak into people's lives. Check that article out. Third link I offer today is from The Atlantic, and it talks about how the best friends can do nothing for you is the title. But the reality is, is that what it's saying is that we've gotten so accustomed to surfacy relationships that we need to dig deep and really mine some rich, meaningful relationships. I don't know about you. I'm seeing this as a trend as well because social media has our connections level up that people are finding more opportunities to interconnect with other people. But the problem is, is that those are shallow relationships so that when life becomes difficult, what do they do? 
What do they do? They need stronger friendships to work with. So again, this is from the Atlantic. This is a secular perspective on it. I think it's important for those of us who uh, are people of faith that work in faith communities to understand is that some people have expedient friendships, as the author says, people uh, that are just very low level, and we need rich and thriving relationships for when the hard times come. Take a look at that article. The next article I offer up is from Inc. Magazine, INC, which is why the most intelligent people love spending time alone. And uh, yes, this might just be speaking in to me because I've discovered that even though I am a high-level introvert, I do appreciate times where I can be alone so I can really garner, gather my thoughts and try to work through um, ideas and issues with which I'm grappling. I, I feel good that here in this Inc. article that we're seeing the research that followed people between 18 and 28 years old found they, that the more um, that they socialized, they happier they were, but that's not completely true. If you're intelligent, you need to have some time because um, there, there are certain people who, the more that they interact, they actually become less happy. So again, if there's a tension and a balance here, I like to live in the tension and the balance. Maybe it's something that you haven't thought about is how outward am I? Do I have time to be reflective? Either way, I would. this is your free podcast advice of the week. Just take some time. Find some alone time. Be alone with your thoughts. It's scary, but uh, you might learn something. Every thread, I recommend a book that I've read. And what's interesting is that I went through my archives because I've been taking notes for years, and I went back and found one that now <laughs> dates back to the, the Great Recession. I think it's back to 2010, which is a book called Clout, The Art and Science of Influential Web Content. And I read this because when I was leading marketing for a university, I found this an interesting topic. It was the introduction of content marketing, this idea that you need to be a wisdom dispenser for your clients, not just have the transactional product. And this book was early on, and it really talked about this uh, shift into the idea that, hey, ad campaigns for marketers aren't going to work anymore. We're going to have to try new things. It's interesting to think now that we're 11 years past this, but I just still found some valuable lessons in that. What I did is uh, include the, my highlights of notes in the thread, so you can find the link there, uh, so you can determine if you want to read this book. But if you haven't read it, I think it holds up. Sometimes even these digital technological books – might have been birthed out of the cultural zeitgeist, and it has longer resonance. And I'm telling you, Clout by Colleen Jones, I think, has that as well. So there's that. Then every once in a while, I offer something that is written by me. This week, I've pushed the fringe a little. There was something I was dealing with. It's a book that I'm not sure... I've had this recommendation reviewed, but there's a book that is sweeping not just uh, evangelical in, um, evangelicals in America, but also among skeptics in America, which is called Jesus and John Wayne. It is a review of how American Christianity got to this point where we seem to value masculinity and nationalism above everything else. 
And um, I've heard a lot of people raving about Kristen Cobes Demez's book. Uh, it was released right at the end of the last year. I started reading it, and as much as I agreed with her, I just was very, boy, I was just very bothered by some of her assertions. I felt that she made some wide-sweeping assertions that weren't necessarily based on research, but as the book presented itself, it very much insisted that this was an academic endeavor, so almost to the extent that, well, this is history, you can't argue from it, and it was... So I took copious notes on this book. thought I'd do a, a big just breakdown of it, but then I was like, is that the best use of my time? And then Dumez actually had a New York Times article published in recent weeks that kind of unlocked what I really – my primary problem with this book was. So if you're a fan of Jesus and John Wayne or if you've read it, you're going to want to read this review. If you haven't, I'd still recommend reading it because so many people are reading it to try to figure out what this means to American Christianity, and I have a deep interest in that. So I'd encourage you to read it, and, but even maybe that, you want to read my take on it first to be able to give a framework by which you can read and understand it. So honestly, maybe I'm wrong about this. I appreciate some of the work, but there's a lot of it where I'm like, I don't like the way that she does her math, and this is how I make it add up. So you can go, that, that article is on my website. I have other thoughts from previous months there. You can take a look at that as well, House of Car. I have the link there. And finally, one last link for you that has nothing to do with it, but when I was trying to wrap up love, um, I came across a video of robots dancing and you know for you to look and see how it looks when robots dance and i'm not talking about like cgi robots from the movie i'm talking about robots created by boston dynamics which are those weird you know animalish looking robots that can walk and they have them do a whole choreographed bit to the song do you love me yes you need a little pick me up for what has been a hard Hard few months to get to this point of the summer of release where everybody's going to go hog wild, masks burned, vaxxers out on the streets hugging people. It's going to be crazy town. So, hey, why don't you introduce yourself to that by watching this video of robots dancing. Robots dancing will win every time. And with that, I'm done with the thought thread. I hope it's been helpful for you. It's been enlightening for me. That's why I do this. Go to houseofcar.com slash thread. Go ahead and drop a comment. Let me know what works for you, what doesn't. Regardless, we're going to keep moving forward. Thanks for your time. Take care now.